Hi, and welcome to Career Burnout, a different kind of gap year podcast. You're with Shan Swales, founder and creator. Episode six brings you part two of my burnout to recovery story in the only way I know how, awkwardly. I will talk about what has transpired since my first podcast, where I spoke candidly about burning out and having to leave my career as a clinical psychologist quite suddenly. So without further ado, here's me. start with saying it is really weird to do a podcast where it's just yourself sitting talking to an iPad which is what's in front of me Uh, just really weird and it's very hard to figure out how to start so when I'm unsure of something I just now like to just say what I'm actually feeling or thinking so that's where I'm at at the moment (laughs) but hey uh, some of you will know that I was the focus of the first episode of uh, career burnout a different kind of gap year uh, where I shared with you my story so the story of my mental health and work and if you were to put a label on it, uh, that certainly the what could encapsulate my mental health at the time was a combination of what we call vicarious trauma, compassion fatigue, career burnout, as well as uh, or life burnout, really. Uh, and what I think I've come to realise is probably some long-standing uh, depression. But that's if you're putting a label on it. Uh, but just in a nutshell, I wasn't okay and to the point of not being able to work. And I realize now more than ever that it wasn't a choice to leave work, but more of a choice that was made for me by my body and mind, but the best thing I ever did in, in some respects. <laughs> best thing for me, uh, definitely. And if you hear some barks or scratching in the background, that's my uh, dogs, which, is plural now. Uh, I just recently adopted a we, my partner and I recently adopted our second dog. Uh, Beautiful, well, not quite sure what to name him yet. Uh, So he hasn't got a name, we're trying on some different names, but the foster rescue uh, place called him Chip. Um, So anyway, Chip and Hannah are currently trying to sort things out I decided to be the focus of another podcast firstly because I find it immensely helpful for my own mental health and well-being to reflect on what has gone on uh, for me and, and to help highlight the areas that are going well, the areas that might not be and sort of a where to next kind of kind of situation um, and second of all because I know from sharing my story that it doesn't only help me it also 
helps others who are listening and reflecting on their own experiences. So that brings me to do a part two, as you might say, of my gap year story. So today, you know, I, I basically, yeah, I want to do a bit of check-in with myself and see where I'm at, where I've been in this past, oh God, I think it's been over six months, um, a decent six months at least. So, you know, what has transpired for me, a bit of, yeah, so what's happened, what I've learned maybe along the way, um, not maybe, have learned, um, what I'm still learning, uh, and this is a really important what I've relearned and relearned and relearned because uh, that happens. You keep learning or keep being given the lesson until you learn it. Uh, but that's a process of change as well as I've come to learn and accept. <laughs> and then like, yeah, where to from here um, and, and what I want to take with me, you know, probably those lessons. But, you know, yeah, so a bit of a reflection really with those focus so uh, if you're still with me thanks um, I, I hope that you do find this helpful as as I hope I will find helpful for me uh, so the first question that I have for myself you know what what has happened uh, since that podcast now some of you and I apologize well I'm not sure if I apologize but for those of you who do re read the blog, which is a focus on my week by week, well, not week by week, but it's, you know, more of the in the moment happenings of my gap year journey. So it is all about me. So some of this is, is certainly um, comes out from those blogs. Um, definitely. If you haven't had the chance to uh, read my blogs or don't know about them, uh, I, you know, I really encourage you to take a look because, uh, again, I, I do those blogs for my own uh, uh, mental health and well-being recovery and support ongoing, but also in hope that by sharing it will help others uh, to do the same. Uh, so, yeah. But um, so, yeah, some of this might be a little bit of a, uh, for those who've read my blog, uh, things that you may have already heard. But like, um, you know, the now that I'm reflecting on them now, it might be a little bit different. Some added, added wisdom, maybe, um, from those experiences. So, yeah, where do I start uh, is the key. I think I left off when, when I did the first podcast, I think... I think I did it sort of in May, June, maybe, I think it was released in June, uh, but I probably taped it in May. So things were quite raw back then. Uh, uh, my mental health breakdown where everything came to a head was uh, 25th of February, 2021. Uh, but I was still working behind the scenes um, so I had stopped seeing clients uh, because of my health immediately but I continued to do a lot of administration work and, and contact work just behind the scenes to help with the handover of their care so that lasted till about early April because I had a pretty full caseload um, so I didn't really get to sort of stop and clear my head, you know, stop and focus on me. Um, so yeah, things were probably really raw back then. Uh, and I haven't listened to the podcast 
and I purposely didn't for this one uh, just kind of leaving that to the to the memory at the moment but I think it was a lot of early uh, experiences that I talked to uh, some lessons that I were learning already back then things like reaching out for help uh, accepting help learning that I wasn't so good at uh, allowing help in because people were offering but I subconsciously just pushing it back trying to do it all on my own trying to figure it all out and there was a lot of uh, what I would describe as uh, just overwhelmed just getting caught up in the emotional storm of it all and and really um, having some not so pleasant dark days throughout that uh, and they were certainly longer and not much of a break in between those kind of mental experiences Uh, but yeah but there was a lot of lot of good things that were starting as well like going to starting to see a psychologist was allowing that help in um, had eventually finished working so able to just not work which was hard in itself as well because I am strongly independent, which I think I talked about back then or toxically independent. Learning to rely on people was hard. You know, that that was kind of the story at that point. And so, yeah, like I find it really hard. Like, okay, what's happened since then? What have I, uh, you know, some of the same stuff still continue throughout. I still got those emotional storms those just feeling overwhelmed with not knowing the uncertainty of my future going oh you know excuse the french but fuck i'm 40 41 now 42 and i don't know what the hell i'm doing there were still the emotional storms of the guilt for the consequences my health had on other people and being able to come to terms with that with that so yeah there were still the emotional storms but I was getting or not was I am getting better at responding to them uh quickly like I you know the early days it it took a bit you know it took quite several days before I realized what I needed to do that that would help that um now I can do that quite automatically which is really really cool and I've noticed that I've noticed that change so that's really cool so those emotional storms they still grip me at times they still show up less and less they don't last as long they're not as impactful on my life Uh, so that's really really cool also like uh, you know I have written a few notes here to help me I've written here that you know I've had a shitload of therapy (laughs) Thanks to Cara, uh, Carla, sorry, whoopsie. Uh, thanks to Carla, I've, um, yeah, I, I, well, thanks to myself for taking myself off to therapy, but thanks to Carla as well. I've processed a lot of things. I've, I've come to, um, now I like the word phrase bind myself because I wasn't lost, I was just buried, <laughs> buried deep with all, I don't know, just stuff that um, I believed was the right thing for me. Like I I feel like this whole gap year so far has been a process of unraveling me. 
really, like almost like a, a former client described it to me once. For her, it was like the lotus flower. Lotus flowers, for those who don't know, they, they come out of, I think, like a, a what appears to be a very dark, murky pond and this beautiful flower blossoms. And <laughs> it sounds a bit weird, but, but yeah, I just feel like I was there. The lotus flower was there, but I, yeah, she was buried and, and she's coming out. She's not fully bloomed yet. I know I'm changing, I'm developing. Uh, people who are close to me have commented that I'm, I'm, I'm not the same Shannon and, and, and various different ways they've noticed it. Like I ha have a friend who I walk with occasionally, we try and meet fortnightly for a walk with our dogs and she used to say, I saw a photo of you and you just, you just looked different. You looked happy, you looked, she didn't use the word free, but she just said you were different. Um, and, and I saw, um, I went and got a, another tattoo from the guy who's done my previous tattoos and, and I don't know him that well. I've only got a few tattoos off him now, but he said to me, he goes, yeah, you're different. You're not the same person and even my husband who who knows me the best he's like yeah you're he doesn't he did start to say the old shanny he calls me shanny um at the beginning he said some of the old shannies come back but he didn't say old shanny anymore he just said you you're definitely different and he said there was um we recently went away to the Whit Sundays here in Queensland, Australia, a beautiful spot. If you can get here, definitely go see see that spot. And I I was on a jet ski and I was driving and I'm a I'm <laughs> I'm an anxious one. I, I tend to freak out about doing things that are new to me. He just said you just you let go, you were laughing, you were I was going really fast. He, yeah, he, he just said you were different, and that's the person I want to be, you know. And I, and I'm, I'm more her today than I've ever been. And there's not one thing that's helped it. It's several things, and definitely therapy. <laughs> I will plug therapy to the day I pass. Um, and, and therapy with with the person that you click with. And sometimes you, know, you don't necessarily click with, but the, the, the approaches that it, it just, it's enough, it, it works. And, and certainly my work with Carla has unraveled and helped help, help me bloom to who I am right now. So thank you, Carla. <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of therapy, which has helped me be more me, you know, the me that I think always existed, uh, but she didn't get to blossom for, for various reasons. Uh, what else have I written here? So I've sorted through some shit. <laughs> um, and you know, funny enough, even though this all started out with you know, what I thought and, and, and certainly was part of it was career burnout and certainly working in the field that I, and the particular work I did certainly impacted. And it wasn't anyone's fault, certainly wasn't um, my workplace or the clients, you know, uh, you know, that's no way in hell. And, and even myself, because at the time I didn't realize that this work wasn't necessarily conducive to my mental health well-being, considering my personality, 
my values, my, you know, whatever, like all of that, that I'm, I'm learning that it wasn't a good fit, not how I was doing it anyway. And I'm not sure what is a good fit for me going forward, but what I was doing wasn't. Uh, so yeah, certainly career was a big part of it, but there's a lot of other things that uh, through my work with Carla, I realized was con- contributing to my mental health and well-being outside of work. Uh, things like my relationships. I've done a lot of work around how I operate in relationships, whether it's family, friends, or even my relationship with my husband, uh, and, and again, not their fault, not things that they're doing, uh, things that I was doing that what, and still do, I'm, I'm working on it, that was creating a not so healthy uh, environment for me in, in those relationships. So I'm making better choices now uh, with who I hang out with, who I give energy to, how I give that energy as well, what I give. I'd say I have a lot stronger boundaries now and things like that. Um, so yeah, doing work on relationships, work on you know, even the stuff back into, I've done a lot of archiving, or well, archiving is the wrong word. I've gone back into the archives of my childhood <laughs> and, uh, and just look to that for wisdom as to, you know, what has contributed to my current behaviours and, and, and where uh, I need to change to make a, a difference there because it's my responsibility to change my behaviors. So anyway, there, there's a lot of things I've been working on outside of career because it wasn't just that. I'm, I'm focusing on building, making my life bigger than my work. One of the things that I learned, and I'm sort of blending here, I'm going into that second question, what have I learned as I explored what has happened? And I've learned that unbeknownst to me, I, I thought uh, my self-worth wasn't derived or my identity and worth wasn't derived from work. But the reality w- was, I, that's what I did. Um, that's where I got it from. Uh, and it's probably all like, you know, backlog, <laughs> the archives, um, you know, my sense of um, getting my reward, my worth out of achievement but only out of that. So <clears throat> achieving within the kind of career, um, career was the area that, um, yeah, I, I saw my, my worth from. But learning to make things bigger than that, you know, that, and my worth and my identity is not from any of my, like, you know, work or relationships or whether I'm married or not, kids or not, there, you know, it's, it's, I'm learning to derive that I don't even have to be worthy. Like I'm, I'm a human being. I, I am breathing. I therefore I'm worthy. I'm more focusing on being the person I want to be, I'm living the and living according to my values and not compromising them. Um, that's that's my focus and growing and developing that rather than getting my worth from anything because that to me just is a big part of the problem. So yeah, I've written here, but I think I've already talked to this one, but I've, written, I've called it here the aftershocks. When I was talking earlier about that, getting caught up in those emotional storms, that's what I mean by the aftershocks. Like after the 
big event, like on February 25th, the mental health breakdown, or as our, as my husband and I lovingly call it now, um, the anomaly, uh, it just provides a bit of laughter around it um, in, in a good way, uh, in a light way, uh, without diminishing it or judging it, just I'm at that space where I can I can laugh that now a little bit about it. So the anomaly, there was a lot of aftershocks, so these emotional storms, but they become less and less. And, and they've always been about the aftershocks. The theme is, is this being lost and in this world of uncertainty. And I've come to learn, I'm, and I think any of us are particularly great with being lost or uncertain or not know the unknown. But the reality is, that this happens a lot in our lives. We can't escape being um, lost or uncertain or don't don't have all the answers. So I came to realize that these aftershocks, these emotional storms were about that and then was able to shift my attention to, well, okay, I can't, I, I, I can't give myself the, I can't find what I need to, what I've lost because I didn't have the answers and I can't bring myself certainty because I don't have it. Particularly in my career life, um, well, even in my life in general, where am I going to be here five, where am I going to be five years from now? Fuck, I don't know. Like, I mean, I know some people know that shit, but people ask me, what's your five year plan? I have no clue. Travel more. Yeah. Um, be with my husband and my dogs. Have my family around me. There's certain things that I, I know I want to be doing, uh, continuing to look after myself. But like other things, I have no clue, you know. Yeah, anyway, so I suppose I have some clue. But anyway, I digress as I tend to do. <laughs> I've just realized that I suppose the biggest lesson here, and this was really helpful, I've only really come to really ground myself in this in the last probably month is that being lost is not being lost. It's actually, it's one big bloody experiment that I'm on. I'm on an adventure, which unbeknownst to me, I was on it already before. But because I was on, you know, like all, when, when things went wrong in my career world, which that's where I was getting self-worth and my identity from and, and made me feel good in my relationships with other people, so when that shit just went because of my health, no wonder I got all those aftershocks and, and overwhelmed and all that, the emotional storms. But seeing, being able to shift and go, okay, this is an experiment. This is an adventure. And I, one of my values in life is adventure. I want life to be adventure. So that really clicks with me. Experimentation, eh, you know, um, that that's, that's um, been harder to kind of, work with uh but it, it's helping because the experiment part seeing life as an experiment helps me be able to try new things things that i've kind of my my anxious brain has said oh and my depressed brain probably a combination of both has just like oh well you're going to be crap at it or you know people are going to laugh at you or judge you or whatever it is that just I end up pushing it down or well, you're not going to be good at it it's usually the thing so it, seeing things kind of shifting that mindset to life as an experiment adventure including my career life anything is helping helping me give things a go helping me with the space that I need to 
to experiment, to figure it out, or just to live, which will then help me figure it out as well. So hopefully that makes sense. I've written here, healing is hard. (laughs) I think that's pretty self-explanatory. There are times where over the last six months where I've wished I didn't have the self-awareness that I do. It's a curse, but it's also a precious gift. I've always been somewhat aware. I didn't have the tools to deal with things that made the self-awareness a curse. Uh, but even with the tools now and applying them, or you know, not just now, but over the my, my years of um, of studying and practicing psychology has really helped myself as well. But I, um, I just you know there was moments where I was just like far out. I wish I was ignorant, not on purpose, but I just was just going with not going with the flow, but just was so busy or so preoccupied or just so not aware of myself, I would have no clue that I was depressed and anxious. But anyway, there was moments where I was just wasn't grateful for my self-awareness. And that's what I mean, I think, by healing is hard. Um, Or, you know, you have this self-awareness, you know, you have some tools or you're learning new tools and you're learning about yourself and you're delving deeper, having more awareness. And then having to change, then making the changes to change that, to change the things that need to be changed. It's bloody hard. I have such respect. I already had a lot of respect for people, especially my former clients. Um, But anyone who is healing in whatever way that they're trying to heal, no one's perfect. But if you're trying to heal in whatever way you are, and you're, you're trying different things, you're learning, even if they're things that end up being wrong, not so healthy for you, 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 you're bloody trying. Healing is hard. And don't do it alone, just FYI. Please don't do it alone. Healing's hard enough as it is. You need need people. And good people. (laughs) Um, I've learned to, like, uh, about career, just looking at that, I've actually learned that, and this was really interesting, I, I had this, there's one time where in my career life I was working two jobs. Uh, I was working in private practice, but then doing another job where I was training counsellors and uh, and juggling those two jobs. And back then I had the mindset that uh, two jobs was harder. Uh, and in some respects it was, but I had this really black and white view and I held it right up till recently that for me, variety in my job, having more than two jobs, was not conducive to my mental health and well-being. Well, that's shit for me anyway. I've worked out that actually key for me, and maybe it's right now that that's, it's key for me, and maybe it wasn't back then. But anyway, regardless, right now I know, I now know for certain, going forward, variety is what I need. Whether that's two jobs, you know, or within my job, but variety is key. And also I've worked out if I am to stay in uh, and I'm not there yet in terms of being able to work as a clinical psychologist again, providing counselling therapy for people, that if I do that again, 
one-on-one -on -one work and, and doing that full-time is not what I can do any anymore. It's not conducive to my mental health and well-being for a lot of reasons. And, uh, and it's not what... Uh, it's it's not what actually that I'm passionate about. What I'm passionate about is group work. Um, what I'm passionate about as well is more experiential work. And what I mean by that is I don't think healing happens in a room. I mean, yeah, you, you know, I, I've, I get a lot out of, you know, seeing Carla and um, that's in a therapy room one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, but I'd like to provide that kind of therapy where it's like, yeah, you're outdoors, you're interacting, you're doing something and you're not just one-on-one -on -one with your therapist but a community of people. So I, I value community and, and I think healing within a community and and I value that doing things together. So the focus isn't just on on, on, on the actual suffering and, and, and learning tools and strategies and all that and gaining knowledge to be able to deal with that but doing things together in that process. Um, so anyway, I'm just, I've just learned a couple of things. I don't know how that's going to tr transpire, but um, I'm learning that about myself as well. Uh, I've written here that since, since um, my last podcast that I like myself more. And more than that, I have my back. I back myself. I didn't back myself before. I was compassionate towards myself. Uh, I haven't always been, but I worked a lot on that in my 30s. Uh, and I'd certainly come a long way in self-compassion, uh, allowing compassion in from others. Not so much, um, but I am now. But the, but the having my back is just a little bit different. I mean, I suppose it's part of self-compassion, but it wasn't a part that I had. So I'm just backing myself, you know, kind of like, just give it a go, you know, like, you know, hey, you know, something I recognized recently and because, and bless him, my husband told me this and he knows me better than I know myself most of the time. He said, you're really quick to learn things. When you start something, you pick it up quick most of the time. And, and I just went, and um, it's not why I get, have my back, but that piece of knowledge just goes, that's true. But even if I don't pick it up, you know, that's okay. Just give it a go. You know, I, I, I've been thinking and have thought of doing this for probably a good five plus years, maybe more, getting my motorbike license. And again, I kind of put that down and go, oh, no, you can't. You're too old for that shit. Or, you know, you look like an idiot. You know, you won't be able to learn it. But this is what I mean. Like, this is an example of like how I just take myself away from things that I, I really kind of feel pulled towards. There's a, there's a heart connection there and I just go, you know, put in the too hard basket, so to say. But I want to back myself. Go, hey, hey girl, give it a go. It's all part of the experiment. It's life's an adventure. Just give it a go. You live once. So yeah, and, and, um, and that liking me more, like I had self-compassion, or have self-compassion, say I really liked who I was there was still something that well I wasn't being me so I didn't like underlying not like consciously I didn't like me depressing <laughs> but I'm, I'm starting to like me um, 
And this last point that I wrote down, I've already spoken about that. So, okay, so the next question, what have I learned? Or what am I learning, relearning? And I've already started to talk to some of this, so bear with me. I've already talked about the, the first one and I've written here so many things. I've learned so many things and the reality is I have. And, and the blog, again, kind of really highlights those learnings along the way that I've had. One of the ones I've written here and I've talked about is backing myself and how important that really is to really back myself. Uh, it's just like it's even at my new job, I've been working as a lecturer, just part time, uh, chose part time to just ease myself back into some work when I felt well enough to do something. And I was lucky enough to get a lecturing gig in a counseling, um, Bachelor of Counseling and Bachelor of Masters program. And, uh, you know, it's things like uh, backing myself, uh, if, you know, things like there was a lot of work I had to learn really quickly and that was really hard. It was sort of a sink or swim situation. And being honest with uh, the team leaders, the people above me, if I'm like, I won't, you know, won't be able to get that work done. And old me would have been like, that's because, you know, you just have to you know, work more hours or do more because that's what's expected of you or I expect of myself more so than anything else. But instead I, I um, am back to myself and, and would say, this isn't possible. I, I can get this done, but I can't get that done. And this is why. And I'm very grateful and, uh, you know, and I'm lucky that the place I work for is really good with that. As long as you speak up, they're not going to see it. I have to speak up, so I've got to back myself. But they'll listen and they'll do their best where they can. It's not always possible to, you know, to take that workload off or do whatever they need to do. Or if I choose to and I have worked extra days, they pay me for it, you know, so backing myself. And you, know, one interesting thing that has happened in my work life since returning to work is I literally turn up straight on time for my job, sometimes a few minutes later. Sorry about that. <laughs> but generally, but I, 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 you know, make that up. Um, and that's not me. I, well, not the old me, which is good. Because the old me, perfection, unrelenting standards, high expectations, all the bad shit. I, I would be there at freaking eight o'clock sometimes 7.30 if I was due to start at nine. But yeah, I, I literally turn up to work on time and I leave on time and I take my breaks. It wasn't to start with, but I've put those into now. And I'm even noticing recently, and I don't think about work uh, on my days off. Uh, like this job is not like my last job in terms of the emotional uh, turmoil and, um, you know, the, the responsibility level, I suppose that brings about the emotional turmoil for me um, with, you know, with the mental health care of, of, of individuals and this jobs are different. I'm working with students. They're not a vulnerable group, so to say, or, you know, you don't have the responsibility of their mental health care, just they're learning, but, and they're learning out, you know, helping towards their learning outcomes. 
but I was still getting caught up sometimes in, you know, worry about getting all the work done and, but I don't notice that as much because I'm building my life outside of it. And I think that plays a big role and I am letting go of, of seeing my worth and, and identity linked to what I do um, professionally. Yeah. I've talked to this next one, give it a go, um, life is an experiment. So I'm just learning to give things a go and I will, I haven't yet signed up to it because financially I've got to watch the pennies, but uh, I'm trying to, you know, I'll, I'll give that, getting my learners for my motorcycle uh, license, I think I, I will give that a go and when I financially can, just trying to just give things a go. Uh, yeah. Talk to this one, work is not my source of self-worth. That's been a big one, learning that. Oh, this one. There is so much power in owning your own story. I, I learned this lesson quite a long time ago. But this anomaly has taught me that again. Um, so when I, I went through, it was undiagnosed, but the in my late teens early 20s it's a bit unclear exactly but i was certainly suffering from clinical depression and it got pretty bad there at one stage and i didn't i didn't share my story and so when i say own my own story part of that is sharing it and without shame and so at first when i started to open up and it was after i recovered from that I eventually was able to use the word depression. And I remember that. I remember I was studying psychology already. I think I was in my postgraduate and I could start to say that I suffered from depression in my early 20s. That phrasing, so to say, to others. That was a huge step for me to actually admit to others. These were like work colleagues in a counseling job. I think that's where I started to open up and by talking about it to others, it helped me towards owning it. You know, this is what is happening to me or happened to me. And that is a really big part of the healing process. And although not, well, I, I don't remember anyone outwardly being critical or dismissing or hugely judgmental about it. I do remember the people who acknowledged it, uh, who accepted it, who maybe had was were curious and, and, and wanted to know a little bit more, or who, you know, didn't make any necessary comments, but didn't, you know, didn't dismiss it, which was so important. And that really helped me own it and to let go of the shame that I had with experiencing that. So this time around, there was a little bit of, shame around not being well and being a psychologist and also shame around not being in a position to contribute to my family anymore financially during the, the acute period you know but the, there wasn't shame around stuff too much around being mentally ill like before but and, and there wasn't, it didn't take too much to share my story. But I think there was times in which I felt like my story wasn't worthy enough. You know, there's people worse off, which there always are, and there is. 
but yeah, but really owning it and the sharing it really helps with that and, and really helps me own it. So, and I think, Feel like i'm going all over the place but i think um when you own your own story too you can then actually do something with it you can change it um you can't change the past but you can certainly write the next chapter you know so that's what i've what i've been doing ah i like this one be who you are don't compromise that for anyone this is something that i'm currently learning and relearning uh I just pick up especially in relationships that I can fall into old behaviors like pleasing other people or being a version that might be more pleasing to them and and not because they've asked me to these are all my own shit it's the version of me that I've given them so it's not their fault uh but I don't want to be that version. So yeah, then true to yourself, you know, that's what I'm trying to do anyway. Don't compromise me. So I suppose this feeds into to the next one, you know, letting go of people who are not meant for you, not, not your tribe, not your people. And that's not like everyone has their own tribe and I hope everyone finds that out there, whoever you are, you know, there's no right or wrong or bad or good people as far as I'm concerned, we're just all very individual people. Therefore we'll need individual groups. And as long as you're, yourself and that's what really you know that's your people great but if it's not get the hell out of there <laughs> what are you doing you know don't compromise you uh this kind of fits into this one as well like another lesson is that this is a huge one for me and i think this is part of what being a, a mental health professional was not realizing this and not acting on this was part of the problem but you are not responsible for other people's happiness or unhappiness. They are. And I know this is a bit of a hard one to choose, to chew on, to swallow, so to say. Because yes, our actions will certainly make, can you know, help someone be happy or unhappy, certainly. We are responsible for our actions that we choose that can then make someone unhappy or happy but we're not responsible for their feelings because there's so many things that lead us to feel a certain way that contribute to that in addition to the behavior that you've exposed uh, that you you've done like I could for example let's say um, you know someone wants to hang out with me on the weekend and I go oh um, you know so sorry but I'm oh, I'm trying not to say sorry actually a lot now but it's like you know what I really love to which you know being honest I'd love to hang out with you but I'm un un uh, unavailable this weekend uh, can we set up another time now that person might be unhappy with that that's not your responsibility that's not you're doing it's their responsibility to deal with that feeling you've taken an action based on what is going on in your life and what you need and you're being honest and upfront you know love to um, if that is true you don't have to lie uh, and can we reschedule if that's something you want to do but yeah that's just an example of what I mean here and I'm really and I hope that's something I do take with me if I go into counseling again is that 
yeah, I, I'm responsible for my actions as a therapist, as a human being, yeah. And uh, that how that affects someone is not to me um, to, to deal with. Anyway, sit on that one. <laughs> Uh, the last one I've written here, what have I learned? What am I learning? Relearning is, oh, this is one I've talked about already, that life needs to be more than work. I don't know how, well, actually, I probably do know how work got really drummed into me as, as the be all and end all, but it certainly wasn't, you know, no one said to me, Hey, work is life. That's who you are. That's where you get yourself worth. No one said that, but growing up, and I think this is very similar for generations that are coming through now. There's such a drum, drumming of like into our psyche throughout our schooling years of focus on, you know, you know, doing really well, you know, to get a good job. And, you know, there's just a lot of messages out there, you know, about the importance of education and work. And obviously I'm not saying education and work isn't important and they are parts of our, our um, life. But is it more important to become a decent human being? So, okay, where to from here? Yeah, where am I going? What am I doing? Well, as I said earlier, lost, well, experimenting, <laughs> not lost. I'm, you know, in a state of adventure. And I'm not very good at having like five year plans. And there's a part of my brain that goes, you really should have a five year plan. Maybe that's part of the problem. <laughs> and it sounds like that too. I don't and I'm trying to go well hey that's me I kind of think one of the things I've learned is that I think I'm a bit of a nomad I'm a bit of a, a free spirit may be the wrong word but I don't think I am that's not who I am I'm not someone who thinks too far ahead you know has a plan I'm very organized and focused in the present you know, getting things done I'm pretty good at that so yeah, I where to from here is probably you know, a little bit more of a, a narrow view and, and that's how I like it, just sort of day by day sort of situation. I think that might be who I am going forward. For me, where to from here is more experimentation. Follow my gut more, my intuition. Like if I feel it, if it's something that I want to give a go, like getting my motorcycle license, uh, being a barista, it's just still in my mind. <laughs> I love coffee. Uh, you know, starting a senior dog's uh, refuge. Uh, what other things have I had on my mind? Um, and these are all sort of gut things. Um, you know, even that group work, you know, using experiential stuff like art or, you know, sports kind of combination, even working maybe with young people, like more like um, college or university or high school, senior ages. Just doing the things that, oh, there's another one. Sorry, I was like, there was another one. Um, play the drums, uh, which my cousin, Nathan, if he's listening, um, he's a drummer, um, might need some lessons off you. <laughs> uh, pity we don't live in the same city. But they, yeah, just give those things a go. Experiment with stuff. It doesn't have, you don't need to have all the ducks in a row. I also want to keep doing this teaching gig. I don't think I'll do it. For, oh, I definitely know I won't do it full time. I think it might become something that I might do for some time. Develop my experience in the area and see where it takes me. I would rather sort of classroom work. This is also online. 
but it's it's a great sort of exposure to to the world and it's really helping me connect back to the fundamentals of what I learned when I first started psychology so relearning um, some theories and content that as a practicing professional you sort of get further away from so it's a great refresher so that kind of came along nicely but teaching was something that was on my mind in the last year or two of my, my practicing as a clinical psych so you know following that heart space um oh in terms of that senior dogs refuge thing that's been on my mind since i read a article about a lady doing it over in america but recently i heard about a lady or a couple uh doing it uh here locally in brisbane so actually go and meet her um, and meet her dogs and and just be around because i'm not in the position to be able to do that in my life as yet it, it's a, a future thing uh, look at me doing a future planning <laughs> but going out and seeing her and and her partner and 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 how they've been able to get to the place of being able to do that so yeah being around that dream so do more of what makes my heart sing um, and that my gut knows I want to do be that adventurer this is something that I want to do and it kind of scares the living crap out of me. Um, I want to do a 10 day silent, uh, silent, I don't think they call it a retreat. It's a particular type of um, practice, meditation practice. And you go without technology. It's really quite simple things and you actually don't pay. It's all volunteers. You can, you, um, you certainly make a contribution, uh, but I know one person at least who's done this and they, they described it to me as healing on steroids <laughs> just saying like you know when you're just with your own thoughts and meditating on that for 10 days there's a lot of stuff that comes up uh, and I feel like it's a, a an important part of my healing and where to from here so I I'm hoping they've got wait lists, so hoping to get in early next year. And I'm also doing, um, I'm a bit of a travel person, love to travel, and COVID has put a spanner in that work, works um, over the last, what, almost two years. Uh, but the, um, the lovely thing about living in Queensland, Australia, is, is we've had less of an impact, and the reality is I can still travel just into places around my state. Also, borders are opening up now, so, you know, most of Australia and possibly New Zealand, although I don't think things are great there at the moment. Anyway, to keep up with travel, so I recently, for those who follow me on Instagram and Facebook, different kind of gap year, will see that I've done this A to Z travel challenge with a lady from, I think she's from the US or Canada. Oh, no, actually, I think she's UK. Whoops, sorry. Sorry there, Lindsay. A little bit of Lindsay is her, um, a bit of Lindsay, sorry, is her um, Instagram tag name. Anyway, and, and the concept of the A to Z challenge was to each week on a Tuesday, we had to find a picture of a previous travel to a place that started with that letter. So going through the alphabet. So this week coming uh, is Z. So we're finishing that off one, off one. But what I thought is, that I'll do a, tra a travel challenge A to Z here in Australia, but actually travel to these places. 
So starting off with A, which recently I went to Airlie Beach, which is in the Whitsundays in Queensland. So that will be my first one, but I've already been. Uh, so yeah, that'll keep me connected with my travel uh, part of me. So that, that's kind of where to from here. So I don't have a hell of a lot of answers, but I feel healthier now to work more. Um, I'm actually, something else I'm experimenting with soon is that I'm going to do some art therapy, be a client though, of a person that I know who's starting up her own art therapy studio. So actually be on the receiving end of it and, and give that a go and, and see what that's like. And if I like it, get, get into that um, part and that could form more work. And I might even take up um, about four or five months ago, a friend of mine who owns a coffee shop uh, did offer to teach me how to do that and then backfill some shifts here and there. And, and I love her coffee shop, but I haven't been for ages, unfortunately. So if you're listening, D from Beanbag Espresso in Brisbane, I apologize. Uh, but she has a wonderful coffee shop. It's a real quite community feel. I've met a lot of great people from there. Yeah, I remember just going there uh, during my early career in private practice, just, just for the chat. You know, it was therapy in, in its own way. Um, so what, last question, what to take with me? This one seems like a bit of a, a weird, weird question, but it, it came to me. It was sort of a gut one. What to take with me almost feels like what's in my luggage as I, as I, um, you know, walk my next steps or continue to make my steps. And I've just written here, be unapologetically me and I will find my place. And do what makes my heart sing. And I think that just sums it up. That's what I'll take with me. So thank you. Just, just like beginning this, um, I, I think also ending this is just as hard. Like, what do you say? <laughs> Starting a conversation and ending a conversation. Uh, really, uh, thank you for listening. I hope that this has helped you in some way uh, in helping yourself with your health and well-being in whatever shape or form or maybe it's helped you understand people around you a bit more no matter what we're doing or what's going on in our life you know every human being has a story so I hope by sharing my hurt that that helps you heal or helps you understand other people uh, also, you know, the reason I set out to do this was also to help me. Uh, it's, it has been helpful, even though weird to sit here and chat to my iPad again. Uh, I, I just feel more me. And that feels pretty damn good. And I'm getting just a little bit teary-eyed with that. Um, I'm in a good place. Uh, I... Yeah, I'm in a better place. My brain is sitting there going, yeah, but this place ain't that good, you know? Like, <laughs> it's, it's just the part of me that expects certain things of where I should be right now. So I'll just let her be, but I am in a good place. And, and I hope that I take those lessons, take all of them with me. I be unapologetically unapologet me. I do what makes my heart sing because when I do all that, 
I'm better, but also things are better around me as well, even though, you know, it's what, you know, shit is happening around the world and, you know, things are happening with my family and friends that are not so great, but that's going to happen regardless. If I'm in better shape, I'm in better shape to deal with all that as well. So anyway, as I said, it's bloody hard to finish off. <laughs> Again, thank you for listening. And weirdly enough, both my dogs have um, sat here in silence. They were actually sleeping on the same bed together, which was really sleep, uh, sleep, sweet, and it was for the first time. But now they've separated with the older dog um, not on her bed anymore and the new dog, the younger dog, sleeping on her bed. <laughs> yes, that's you, <laughs> the one that hasn't been named yet, Chip. Um, anyway, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. See you later. Thank you so much for listening in to this month's episode of Career Burnout, A Different Kind of Gap Year. It gives me so much pleasure to be able to produce and deliver this podcast to you. I'm a great believer that sharing our vulnerabilities does help each other. So please don't keep this to yourself. Please share this. You may not think that there's somebody else out there who would appreciate it, but trust me, there is. So please don't keep it to yourself and reach out, comment, like, uh, subscribe. Let me, let me know um, what you think uh, and, and what maybe you'd like to see in the podcast in the future. I'm open to suggestions and I'm open to uh, any kind of feedback, of course. Please be respectful. That's all that I do ask when you are giving feedback. Uh, if you or someone you know has a mental health work story along the lines of career burnout, uh, compassion fatigue, please reach out. Uh, my email is a different kind of gap year at outlook.com. I'd love to hear from you and see if uh, being a future guest on the show. Uh, is something you'd like to do but until next time please take care of you